While living in St. Louis, uh, we a few times went to the Science Center there. And uh, one of the first times we went there, we played a game that, I'll be honest, I, I don't fully understand still how it works. Uh, so it's yourself and an opponent sitting uh, across the table from each other. And each of you have a strap on your forehead and there are wires coming out of the strap. And between you on the table, there is a ball. And the goal of the game is to get the ball to go to the other side. Now, the game looks something like this. Now, you might be thinking, how do you get the ball over? Great question. By relaxing your mind. So the more focused you were, the more you relaxed your mind, the more the ball would go to the other side of the table. Now, me having ADHD, I didn't stand a chance at winning this game. I could not focus to save my life. But I remember feeling frustrated, like I was trying so hard to calm my mind, but it didn't work. Because the more that I saw the ball coming towards me, the less I could concentrate. When it wasn't going in my favor, I felt like I needed to try harder. But trying harder didn't get me the results I was hoping for. Our focus for, uh, focus for today will be our gospel reading from Matthew 15. Now, my ultimate goal of this sermon is to bring you uncomfortably close to having to wrestle with the tension of boldly trusting in a God who can do all things— but knowing that even when he doesn't answer our prayers how we, how we want, that he's still worthy. Now, before we look at our reading for today, I want to briefly talk about what came right before it. So the, the heading for the section right before was called That Which Defiles. And in this section, the Pharisees are discussing with Jesus what makes someone unholy or unclean. Because they say that Jesus' disciples are unclean because they didn't wash their hands before eating, therefore breaking a ceremonial law. Which I think we have to give it to the Pharisees in this one. It is a good thing to wash your hands before eating. We can all hopefully agree on that. But Jesus says that that washing isn't what defiles or isn't what makes somebody clean. And the lack of washing isn't what defiles. It's not about following these laws. It's about how you love God with your heart. You see, following laws had been confused for true faith. Many Jews had thought that by being a descendant of Abraham and by strictly following God's laws, that is what made them righteous before God. So many Jews cared about keeping the laws that God gave them, which is good in of itself. But one of the things that happened was because of that, their relationship was, with God was kind of transactional, right? They kept the laws on their end, and then they were clean before God. God would be their God. Even without intentionally thinking about it, that's kind of what ended up becoming. They thought that their being clean, that their being holy, came down to keeping God's laws. Now, someone who is holy, who is clean, does uh, strive to follow God's law. But what makes someone clean before God has nothing to do with their actions. It's a matter of faith. And the people that Jesus was talking to, here in Matthew at least, 
were not clean, though they followed these ceremonial laws. In verses 8 and 9, Jesus says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. And he go, Jesus goes on to say that it's not what comes from without that goes in that makes someone unholy, but it's what comes from within, from the heart, that makes someone unholy and unclean. Now, all this is important to have in our minds as we go forward because right after Jesus talks about what makes someone holy and unholy, clean and unclean, a Canaanite woman comes crying out to Jesus for help. And as far as her being a Canaanite, this is what a commentary that I found said. Of all the Gentile nations, those of Canaanite descent would have been the most abhorred by the Jews. The Canaanites were one of the idolatrous nations that Israel was instructed to uh, exterminate when they entered into the Promised Land. So for these Pharisees, based on where she's from, they make some conclusions, right? They say, okay, she's not clean. She worships a false god. She doesn't follow God's commands. She would be unclean. And this Canaanite woman, we, we don't know what she's heard about Jesus. We don't know what she believes about Jesus. But she comes to him pleading on behalf of her daughter who's demon-possessed, begging Jesus to heal her. And Jesus' response, nothing. Not a word. Seems kind of rude of Jesus, right? This woman is in desperate need of his help for her daughter. And Jesus gives her the silent treatment. And then as a result of his silence, the disciples say, well, just, just send her away. Jesus then flat out says, I came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, he's saying to this woman, you're not my problem. Jesus didn't owe this Canaanite woman anything. She asked for his help, but he seemingly rejected it. But instead of stopping, instead of taking no for an answer, she comes back. She pleads with him again, and this time gets on her knees, begging Jesus. But to even that, Jesus says, it's not right to take the bread of the children and toss it to the dogs. Which, not only does that again reject her, but he's actually saying, hey, what you're asking for, you don't have the right to ask for. Jesus has given her the silent treatment, told her that she's not his problem, and has now called her a dog. It's abundantly clear on the surface, at least, that Jesus doesn't plan to help this woman. Now, I think most people in her situation, being rejected multiple times, seemingly being, being insulted, would just take no and go. But this woman doesn't give up. In fact, she agrees with Jesus. She agrees that Jesus calls her a dog. She says, yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs from the table. Wow. She doesn't try to justify or defend herself, give reasons to Jesus why he should help her. She doesn't do any of that. She just agrees. She agrees that there's no worthiness in her for Jesus to help her. 
but she boldly requests because of who he is. That faith is incredible. Jesus says as much. He said, woman, you have great faith. And he grants her request. This woman who had no business to ask anything of Jesus, who was effectively denied three times, continued to hold fast to her faith in Jesus. She had plenty of reason to give up, plenty of reasons to stop hoping in this man. This man who, on the surface, seemingly wanted her to give up. But she trusted and hoped in him so much that her faith drove her to keep pressing on even when he himself would stand in her way. What faith that is. I want to talk a little bit about what this means for us. And this gets back to that tension I mentioned earlier. Because look, I I know that there's a part of every one of our hearts who hears this and and thinks, boy, I wish I could just have strong enough faith that Jesus can do something and then he would do it. Right? Kind of like a math equation. Faith plus pleading equals results. Right? We've got a lot of faithful Christians here. Do you get everything that you pray for? No. In reality, there are a lot of people who would think, well, my, my prayers haven't been answered. I must not have strong enough faith. I must not be praying hard enough. Sometimes faith can feel like that game from the science center, you know, when the game needed to relax more to win, but in prayer, or in this situation, you need to pray and believe more, right? I can, it might feel like my faith isn't strong enough for Jesus to do what I'm asking for. I just need to believe more and, and pray harder. My faith is too weak, and that's why I'm not getting what I prayed for. But that's not how Jesus works. Jesus is not some cosmic vending machine that instead of putting coins in, you put enough prayer and you get what you want. It's not how it works. God doesn't answer prayer simply based on your level of faithfulness. Now, now do we see a lot of examples both today and in the Bible of prayer working? Absolutely. We even see examples like Abraham where he changes God's mind. That kind of situation is more the exception than the rule. When thinking about prayers being answered and having strong faith, it can be hard balance. Because let me ask you this. Uh, Is it important to have a strong faith? Is it important to be fervent in prayer? Does God grant prayers based solely on if we've prayed hard enough for them? Faith and prayer are obviously important, but when they don't bring the results that we want, God is still worthy, and he is still good. And our prayer and faith are still important and valid. Both of those things are true at the same time. But part of faith in God means that we trust in God above all, right? Faith is not just a means to an end. We don't have faith so we can just get what we want. We have faith in the Almighty God because He is worthy. Because He's higher than us and He knows everything, including what's best for us. And so if your fervent prayers aren't answered like how you want, like like if God doesn't take the sickness away, if God doesn't take the pain away, 
If God does allow you to go through difficult things, faith says, even so, I trust you, God. Because of what God has done, making us clean, making us holy by the blood of his son, Jesus, we put our trust in him. So instead of our thought process being, man, I wish my prayers would be answered like this bold woman, our thought process should instead be, I worship a God who is all-powerful, all-knowing, has a master plan that I'm not privy to, and who owes me nothing. Nothing except punishment. But for no other reason than he is a loving God. He sent his son to die for me that I may be his own. And through his son, he gives me forgiveness, hope, purpose, eternal life, and access to him with the ability to bring the requests of my heart. And he delights to hear from me. And while he has not promised to give me what I pray for, sometimes he does give what I ask for when it is part of his perfect will. Faith is not, what, uh, faith is not based on what God might give in the future. It's based on who God is and what, rather who, God already gave. Our faith is about who it is founded in, not what may or may not be brought by faith. Now, can we still plead with God and pray boldly, uh, bring our request to him? Absolutely. We can wrestle, we can plead with God. It's okay to do that. In fact, that is faith to say, I believe that you can do these things that seem impossible. But even if your prayers that you've been praying to God for years haven't been answered, that does not mean that you don't have a strong enough faith. It does not mean that you are not praying hard enough. The reality is, sometimes God's will is just different from ours. But we know that even if it doesn't feel good at the time, his will is what's best for us. As I close, I want to bring it back to the Canaanite woman. Just like this woman, we agree that we are not worthy to, give, to receive the gifts that God gives us. We don't try to hide that either, right? That's why we regularly confess our sins. We lay our sins bare before a God who knows and sees all. This Canaanite woman who is pleading with Jesus, she doesn't plead based on her own merit. She comes to him begging because of who it is that she's begging. In fact, she throws any self-worth or any dignity away. Yes, God, I am like a dog. I'm worse than a dog. I don't deserve what you have to give. I only stand before you because of Jesus. But because of Jesus, I have confidence and boldness to trust in your promises and even to bring you the request in my heart. All the confidence that she had, all the confidence that we have is because of one reason only, Jesus. Jesus who, though we don't deserve to have the crumbs from him, invites us to eat at his table. Amen. Lord God,
we thank you that though we deserve nothing, you give us everything through Jesus. God, help us, help us to have that kind of faith that is bold, that, that believes that literally you can do the impossible. But God, help us to also trust in you and have that same boldness of faith even when we don't have our prayers answered how we want. God, give us that bold faith to live boldly for you. In your name we pray. Amen. We continue.